1: Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And boy, do we have a lineup for you today. Um, Wow. Uh, For those of you that were listening to the show that I did early uh, this morning with Lucinda Bassett, I I just want to say, yeah, that was an incredible show. Um, Amazing show. And I looked at what I was going to be doing today. And all of this sort of fits together. You know, what fits together is this morning talking about Truth Be Told, and then today with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. joining me here today. And I just want to say, for all of you guys out there uh, that do Don Miguel Ruiz and and have never heard uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. speak or be in front of a stage, wow, you are missing something. I got to hang out with them when they came to Seattle last time. I'm going to get to hang out with them when they, can, when they come again this time. And we're going to tell you all about that. But if you're ready to change your life, if you're ready to understand ancient wisdom, uh, if you're ready to stand tall in the world, regardless of expectations, regardless of things that you think that should happen to you or not happen to you, You know, you're going to want to catch up with them, you know, in a week or so. We're going to give you all the dates for their workshops that they're doing at the um, their presentations and the things they're doing at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. So we're going to give you a lot of information about that. Um, And the message this time, the five levels of attachment and the conversation I'm getting ready to have here is so important right now. So important right now. You know, I woke up this morning, Benny, and I don't usually turn on the TV, but I do have the music that comes through the TV, the music channels that are on there. Um, and actually, all the Sandusky stations are on there, for those of you that are wondering. Um, and I woke up this morning and I usually turn that music on, and, but I didn't. And so I had a channel on. And the channel was telling people about the news. And I, I, I took a minute and I was watching this senator, I think it was, that had stood on the Senate floor. Hope I got this right. Shows you how <clears throat> familiar I am with all the political stuff. But I am familiar with, with political things, the things that are important to me. And I, and I watched this conversation that they were having about whether or not we should use drones. And so it was – they called it a filibuster, Right. Am I getting it right so far, Benny? Yeah. It, Tell me if I'm like messing this up. Oh, you're pretty close. Okay. I, I,
0: it's a definitely hot topic here in Seattle with our Seattle Police Department doing the similar thing, and they now are backing off on <laughs> the possibility of using drones here locally, which is very it, it, another heated issue. What,
1: what does it sound like and smell like? Yeah. RoboCop. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. That this okay? Anyway, I would get off well, on that, yeah. but I mean, it's the same idea. Yeah, it's same the same. Thing. I mean, yep. the movie RoboCop yep. was all about that, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, uh, okay,
0: machines over man, machines
1: over man. But this is a big topic. So, in, and then I get on air, and I and I and today I talk with uh, Lucinda Bassett, who is wrote a book, a book called Truth Be Told about suicide and the numbers of suicides and mental illness that that are in this in, in this country right now. And they're staggering. And yet we have gone ahead and cut $1.2 billion in that arena. And so I wonder, I scratch my head a little bit about, you know, where do we put our energy and where do we put our focus? But honestly, we have generations of people that have gone through, like, disappointed, that have had promises that they thought were promises broken, that they've been at places in their lives that they've never thought they'd been you know their children are 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 coming into this world and as they get older you know they're they're looking at their children and saying you know my kid's not right you know what is that you know he or she is just not right and so for those of you out there you know this is really a time that I've looked at having you know grown up in a family where my mother committed suicide so having mental illness is, and, and having that kind of thing in the family is near and dear to me. So I woke up this morning, I had this big hour conversation uh, with Lucinda about, you know, what it is we need to know about, about how we're affected by things. And now I get to talk with uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., The Five Levels of Attachment. And I was so struck by the book and, and, and how there are no coincidences the way these interviews are lined up for us. You know, it's, it, I don't think it's a mistake how Linda does this. You know, I, I think she's guided and she says yes to it. But what is it that we need to learn about attachments? You know, what is it that, that we can learn from this lineage of wisdom that is being passed on now? And what is it that we can take into our lives? You know, we have uh, so honored to have Don Miguel joining us here today and talk about the five levels of attachment, what they mean, how they're part, how they're part of a history, how they're part of a of a culture. And, you know, and, and why is it that this young man at the age of 14 became apprentice to his father, Don Miguel Sr.? You know, this is Don Miguel Jr., who I have seen on stage with his dad, and he is carrying this message powerfully forward. You know, he has taken what's happening in the world right now and addressing these with ancient wisdom. And this is what I love about what I do. You know, this is about the Toltec Mastery. This is about the lineage, the transformation. This is about learning from ancient wisdoms to deal in the real world with some of the things that are causing us so much emotional, psychological, and physical pain. And today, we get to chat with him as the author of The Five Levels of Attachment, Toltec Wisdom for the Modern World. Uh, Don Miguel, Jr., welcome to the show. It is so great to have you here. It is an honor and a pleasure, and I am so jazzed. I'm going to get to see you in a couple of weeks.
2: Yay. Thank ah. you so much for having me, Dr. Pat. It's a pleasure being uh, being on your show again. Thank you.
1: I am. I've got to start with a conversation about the, the attachments. I, I really do. I, I, you could have picked so many things to write about, right? You, yeah. You have such a wealth of ancient wisdom, right? The lineage in your family, what has been passed on, but you ch- you you decided to write about attachment.
2: <laughs> well, it it is it, a is a topic that you know in in my, in my process was 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 one of my biggest hurdles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in, 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 in my process, how I learned from my father and watching, the when also with my grandmother, how you know people distorted their teachings and how people were using them with you no know, good, bad, right, wrong. It was, it was something that spoke clear to me. But I, in watching them, I saw myself, and I saw how this attachment can distort my, well, the way I live my life. And at one point, like my grandmother asked me, is "Knowledge using me, or or am I using knowledge?"
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's it's a, it's basically how the topic of the process I'm dealing with, yeah. or was dealing with, and 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 I shared it.
1: Hmm. I want to read something from the book, because this, this hit home for me. <laughs> I, think, I think you probably were writing a bit about me and everybody else when you wrote this book. But there's a, I just want to read this to you. I mean, there's a lot that comes before this, folks. So I'm just going to zoom in on something here. It, it, it it's, it's a paragraph. And for those of you that have the book, go to page 26, OK? Just go to the book. The book is, as I said, The Five Levels of Attachment. OK, so here we go. When we place ourselves in a safety zone where we feel comfortable and secure and we are firmly entrenched in the this is who I am mindset, the worst thing imaginable is that it will all go away. My goodness, if you just didn't summarize What the past several decades have been like for people, you know, moving from uh, having a secure job to being able to retire. I mean, we talk about, uh, Don Miguel Jr., we talk about, uh, you know, where we are today as if this has been like a million years ago. But no, we're really only talking the reality of maybe a decade and a half when people were living in the world of security and safety, and i'm going to be cared for by my company and and many of them now find themselves well, yeah, maybe we still have a little bit of our pension, but we really don't have the benefits we don't really have so I would love for you to talk about why this conversation is so relevant today, and what do you think about what I decided to pick to read
2: <laughs> oh i love I love that line because in and at the very essence it's the it's the heart of the matter. When when we have an attachment, we we attach ourselves to something that makes us feel whole, to make something that makes us feel safe. And the thing about knowledge or what we know is that everything from down from the words that we use to the concepts that we have grew up learning is subject to agreement. Every word you and I use, we know what it means because we've agreed that these words mean something. And yet, if you can go to the U.K., and some words that we use exactly the same way means something completely different. So you could say that, there's an expression, for example, um, the word fanny pack. Uh, here in the States, it's this little bag that you yes. put over your bum, and yeah. you call it a fanny because uh, the, it's a cute way of saying fanny. Right. But in the UK, that's a very vulgar way of saying a woman's private. And if you go over there, you say fanny pack, they'll look at you like, what? It's pronounced exactly the same way, it's enunciated and it's spelled the same way, but it means something completely different. Language, knowledge, is always subject to an agreement. And when you have something that cha- can change at any given moment, from something good to something mad, to something right, to something wrong, to something stable, to something that's... Then we, we want that thing to stay. So our attachment, we want it to stay the same. We don't want it to move, especially when something is so volatile. But the thing is, just like knowledge... Life is always changing; it's constantly moving. And the thing about it, in, in these days, for me, in my point of view—this is just my point of view—we
3: mm-hmm.
2: live in a time where, theoretically, ignorance should no longer exist because the information ha- is accessible to so many. You know, when Gutenberg uh, wrote his book, uh, uh, created the press, every information began to go down. Before, uh, yeah. because before that, it was so hard to get information then people started getting more information. So nowadays, when it's so accessible, it's not even something of privilege. We can Google, we can be in a conversation and we can have a fact check right then and there with our Google things. We live in a time where so much information is out there for us to really expand our consciousness, to expand each other's awareness of one another, to see how other people dream. And when you have that, the idea is that we hold on so dearly, we're going to attach ourselves even more. So it, we live in a time where where everything we believe in can expand and be so beautiful. And at the same time, we live in a time where everything we could believe in would be completely changed in a dime, depending on the p- people's point of view. We, we talk about, you mentioned jobs. Yes, talk,
1: I did. Like, I did. In the, yeah.
2: in the 1950s, that model was, you know, very much so because almost everything was—we was, were so used to that industrial revolution being what it is and the stability of something like that. Then, as everything grew and became more volatile, that promise changed. It, it couldn't. It, it was an illusion. You couldn't really sustain it. So the question was: Was it an illusion then too, or was it reflecting something that? was was able to be actually achieved, or what happened between then. The question is that in life, whether it was truth in the 1950s or not, the truth here now is totally different. Yeah, It has totally changed. So the question is, if we hold on and we're so attached to that belief, mm. are we really living in the present or are we living in the past? And if we're living in the past and we want the past to be the present, then we're completely living in our illusion. Mm. But here's the truth. While there is life in me, while there is life in you and anyone, everything is possible. If something doesn't work, we have the capacity to shift, to change our minds, to adapt. Imagine, imagine someone who grew up in the Soviet Union in the, throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and grew attached to that belief. Then perestroika came in and changed it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere... The Soviet Union no longer existed. Mm. You're, you're, you're either Russian, Ukrainian, right. Uh, right. Bel, uh, from Belarus. All of a sudden, the whole world shifted. But here's one thing that stayed the truth. You're still alive. Yeah. We're still alive. And while there's life, the potential to adapt, to move forward is within us. All we have to do is say yes to taking a step forward. And that never changed throughout history. The potential that we have to take one step forward, and all we require is a yes to take that step, is what has allowed us to create everything we've created as a as, a, as humans, mm-hmm. as society. You just look at the the huge change that happened from the 1850s to the 2010 to 2013 in a span of 150 years how the world revolutionized and changed so dramatically, whereas before it was very slow. It was, there are so many unstable situations in politics and in countries Then nowadays everything is shifting once again. And what, in what direction? Well, that's the thing. Mm. It's it, we live in a time where everyone is starting to get a voice.
1: You know what? This is why this is such an a, just an amazing conversation to have with you. I'm so glad you're going to come here and, and we're going to actually, you know, find out what it means to understand these levels of attachment. But more importantly, you know, what is what is the biggest demon of all? What is it, as you would say, what is it that we are are so living in our lives and, and and really missing from the equation that thing that could change our lives. That's why today's show, uh, The Five Levels of Attachment, the book is phenomenal. I'm going to tell you when we come back from break exactly uh, when you're going to be able to see Don Miguel Jr., Don Miguel Sr. Um, in uh, the greater Seattle area, but also across the the country, across the world. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about these levels, and we're going to be talking about You know, what it is that each of us, each of us could know. And what about the four agreements? Have any of you out there ever really tried to implement the four agreements in your life for longer than a day? Have you been able to do it for a day? We've got a lot to talk about here. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Did anyone teach you to be a parent?
0: Beloved Ascended Master St. Germain through the transmediumship mediumship of Michael Shane is offering a one-time series of transformative healing sessions to help you let go and be who you truly are. Experience two crystal light energy healings and one past life regression with Michael for $125, a savings of $215. This offer is available to the first 20 callers who schedule their session. Be one of the first. Call now, 1 800 508 6437. 1 800 508 6437. Schedule your session and visit michaelshane.com. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer
1: and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change
0: your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at voicesofwomentoday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Tune in to The Sean and Jen Show, Soul Path Insights Radio, each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show with Sean and Jen will have you saying yes to as much abundance as you desire. Imagine a happier soul radiating energy in all areas of your life. Get ready to understand the meaning and the message in your life. Shift obstacles to opulence Experience powerful, intuitive coaching, live readings, and transformative tools as Sean and Jen dare you to live your
1: best life. Tune in to The Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful, healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Colin Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been-there, done-that, no-nonsense, advice to meet today's challenges
2: listen and call in
0: at 800-930-2819 for the sandy brewer show get inspired create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker sue london sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives people feel hope courage and are ready to move forward after hearing sue speak Book motivational speaker, Sue London, for your next event at AskSueLondon.com. That's AskSueLondon.com.
3: Caminando <speaking in> por <foreign> la calle, <language>
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, The Five Levels of Attachment, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., Don Miguel Jr., as we will call him today, is joining us here today. I've had the honor and the pleasure of being both in his presence and the presence of his dad, um, you know, and, and to really be part of this journey in life. You know, what does it mean to show up? and be part of uh, understanding some of the truths of ancient wisdom. Um, thank you so much, Don Miguel, for joining me here today. Um, oh, thank you for having me. I, we were talking during a break about attachments, and, you know, I realized to myself, you know, that there are, uh, uh, for me, you know, there are levels of attachment that I've had along the way. And, you know, I can't help but talking about, you know, what those attachments can do to one oneself. Yes. And I wanted to talk a little bit about these and and how you developed or or what the ancient wisdom is about these five levels.
2: So the the way I, when I first uh, was taught the levels, uh, my grandmother taught it to me, but she didn't use the words uh, how I described it. She used it in her own way, which is the separation between divinity and angels to mm. hell and, and demons. Mm. And basically it, it, it reminds me of the, the seven levels of like, uh, hell from Dante, Dante's Inferno. That's how she described it to me, but it didn't really resonate to me. It's like When you're learning uh, from the, and the traditions, when you're young, it all sounds like history. It <laughs> sounds like a history book, but it doesn't really come alive until you start seeing it in your life. And for me, I started seeing it in my my attachment to soccer. You know, I was really attached to my team and everything. And how when I began to see it, all of a sudden my grandmother's lesson came alive. I was able to bridge the two. So in that aspect, I was able to share the the levels of attachments, which are at level one, the authentic self, level two, uh, preference, level three, identity, level four, internalization, and level five, fanaticism. Each one answering the question, do I control knowledge or does knowledge control me? With, you can say that with each level of attachment, the answer also has a reflection of my awareness of myself, of my own authentic self, my own divinity, or my, even my heart, if we can use that. At level one, the authentic self, I have complete awareness of that I am life that my knowledge exists because I exist. And I have the potential of going in any direction in life and all I require is for me to say yes, I have this awareness of me. Level two, preference. I can use knowledge to go in any direction in life. I can attach myself and detach because I have a complete awareness of who I am that when I engage life in the direction of my passions, for example, I can use knowledge as the instrument of my transformation of the instrument that allows me to understand the world and how everything works at level three identity i use knowledge to identify myself and my attachment to knowledge now it it creates this bridge between me and knowledge i am one i think therefore i am and i begin now i begin to use knowledge a little bit more with a sense of identity of knowing everything falls in its place, yet I'm still able to interact with everyone and be who they are. But when I have identity, it's a very interesting slippery slope. When I go into level four, which I internalization, the internalization of that identity, I begin to use knowledge as to give me the rules of my own self-acceptance, of how I should function. We call this domestication, a system of reward and punishment for which I give myself the rules of my own self-acceptance. For every time I get it right, my reward is love. For every time I get it wrong, it's rejection. And I do that to myself and to the people around me. So at this point, I've begun to distort knowledge in order to fit what I want to see. At level five, fanaticism. I'm so attached to knowledge that it rules my intent, my attachments, my beliefs. Everything is there to support that belief, and since knowledge is volatile, like, like we were talking in the last segment, we, we get so attached to an idea that we need it to be truth, because if it ever changes, well, what does that happen to me? What's going to happen to me? And that fear is dramatic, because if I get it wrong, then the self-judgment, the punishment, the rejection, is going to be dramatic, because that's the thing. What gives love, what, what gives fanaticism its strength is conditional love. Hate, anger, prejudice, those are all symptoms, or you can say mm-hmm. instruments, to punish ourselves for not living up to the expectation. The only way to get that acceptance, to get that love, or to approve of anyone or anything, is that it falls in line with my idea, which means that I'm, I've already distorted that. And the reward. The, that's the reward. But if I fail then the punishment can be so harsh, you know, like, I will burn, I will burn for this, I can judge myself for this, and to the point where I get so attached that I lose awareness of my own humanity, and the idea is more important than my own life. And if it's more important than my own life, well, imagine what I feel like for anyone else. Of course their life is less. It's so easy to kill or prejudice or harm someone when all we see is Mm -hmm. the personification of an idea that we are against instead of being a human being.
1: Right. This is such an important conversation. I'm going to take a short break down, Miguel. When we come back, uh, I want to talk more about, you know, the manifestations that we do have. You said something really important, you know, at the beginning of this segment. You talked about there's so much information that we actually it's really difficult these days to claim ignorance. Uh, around something. And we have to form many opinions. There are many opinions and many points of view uh, out there. And, you know, what is it that we should know about attachment? You know, how do we connect with ourselves to, to see where we are in life and the levels of attachments, where we are and what they mean to us? How does this, as your dad would say and beautiful opening of the book, is how do we have all of this get in the way of blocking our light. Everything is made of light. We are the stars and the stars are us. When we see this, all of our senses are truly open and there is no need to interpret the world. In this moment, our full, unlimited potential is available to us. There is nothing blocking our way. We'll talk about that and much more. We'll be right back. That's naked truth about coffee.com and check out Kamano Island Coffee Roasters.
0: Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Bisilli is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh, new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of Talk Radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the DrPatshow.com. That's T patshow.com for listening times in your area.
3: Hey
1: everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, for those of you out there, I just want to make sure you all know that uh, we're going to get uh, to have an amazing, amazing time with Don McGill uh, Jr. and Don Miguel Sr. Um, and I want to make sure we're going to give out some information that uh, all of you have in front of you so you're really clear about when the events are, when they're coming to town. Um, and we were just talking about some of the television and media things that are happening, happening to them. And so, you know, we just want to take some time here to make sure that you guys have information Um, And and by the way, you can also go to the events page of their website. Um, But the five levels of uh, attachment is um, that is coming to the Seattle Center for Spiritual Living. Uh, Don Miguel Jr. and Don Miguel Senior are going to partner in this. Uh, For those of you that are that have not heard of the Four Agreements, uh, that is a mega best selling book. Uh, The Four Agreements has been brought into schools, has been being taught in classes with kids and is amazing. And now the five levels of attachment, you know, this this book by uh, Don Miguel Jr. Um, is also an addition to how each of us can experience freedom in our lives. And so we want to make sure that, um, you know, you all have um, some information. Now, let's take a minute, if we could, Don Miguel, if we could just take a minute and tell people about the event that's happening in Seattle and what they're going to be able to experience.
2: Well, um, on next Saturday, a week from this coming uh, Saturday, right? We're going, to, we're going to be at the Center for Spiritual Living, and me and my dad will be giving a workshop, a class, a two-hour class, and we're going to be specifically focusing on the on the levels of attachment. We will talk uh, about. First, we're going to establish a couple of concepts, which is what's the personal dream, what's the uh, what's the dream of the planet, what's knowledge, what's attachment, and 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 uh, and how um, what is domestication. And as we develop those concepts, we begin to uh, give life to the levels of attachment, so that way we can begin to see that clean reflection in our own life, because in our life, throughout our life, we're somewhere up and down the levels of attachment. You can say that. The levels of attachment is like a flower, a a flower that when it's completely open, uh, it represents where we are with our awareness. And when it's closed, our awareness is completely closed off as well, and we go up and down throughout our life. And we're going to be talking about that at the presentation at the, uh, the Center for Spiritual Living, and recognizing that at the end of it, it comes down to the power of our choice, our free will. And having the ability to say yes and no with a complete awareness of ourselves is our true freedom because we're completely acknowledging who and what we are and we're saying yes because we want to, not because we have to. And we're saying no because we want to, not because we have to. And and reclaiming the power of our intent completely Mm. with the ability of respect for ourselves. And when we have respect for ourselves and love for ourselves, well, we can only give what we have. So when we have that unconditional love for ourselves, that unconditional acceptance, then we have unconditional love to give to our brothers and sisters to co-create the dream of us.
1: When we look at the word freedom, there's many different uses of this, right? You know, yes. we we talk about oh we can, we're in a free nation, oh, we're we're here to be free. Oh, you know, and so forth and so on. And I want to I want to have a conversation with you uh, for a minute about what freedom really is. You know, we hear the term a lot, a lot in our lives. And, you know, we we are all seeking that thing that we call joy. And yet in the five levels of attachment in the book, um, you know, one of the things that I think you really talk about really well is, you, you know, what it is we do in seeking outside ourselves for all of this. I mean, the very word attachment. Right. Mm-hmm. Points to the fact that, you know, we're getting attached we get to attach to a lot of things, right? Yep,
3: yeah. And exactly.
1: and you know, so the question then becomes, you know, what is the path to freedom around this? Is it that we, we don't become attached to people, places and things?
2: Well no, it's not that because when we attach and like when we have the awareness of ourselves, you can say that's the number one key, have the awareness of who and what we are meaning by that the authentic self that we are alive that we are a living being and while there's life in me everything is a great potential everything is a choice while I have that while I have that awareness of it to me that is the freedom when we grow attached when we attach ourselves and we have the awareness of that we can easily detach it's like engaging a moment i engage this moment and i attach myself emotionally but when that moment is up, when those 90 minutes are up, or whenever that moment ceases to exist, I'm able to withdraw my investment of myself. I'm able to withdraw that energy because I have the awareness that that moment wasn't who I was, but it was a moment that I invested of myself because I never lost sight of who I was. But when we increased our attachment, we begin to lose that awareness, and we forget that we have a choice of withdrawing. We have a choice of... Re- reclaiming our own energy to the point where like an identity you can say a level three basically it's we forget the line between what I know and me that at the very root of every single belief I have, there is a yes every single belief I have in my own belief system I said yes to there's nothing in my mind that I said no to and um, there there's negativity in there and I'm saying yes to it and when I re- realize that I have that choice, I can withdraw it. You can say that's the separation between me and my mind, or me and what I know. So, but as I increase it to level four and level five, I completely forget that I have the freedom to say no. I, have, I, I even forget the freedom to say yes with free will, because now my will is subjugated to the conditions that my attachment to this belief has given me. So we go from unconditional love to conditional love. And w- when we have that conditional love, then love becomes this somewhat of a distorted image that we believe to be the truth, then it's totally not because it's no longer loving because now it's part of something that reinforces a belief that we are something other than ourselves. Thus, when my father asked me why is what's love the biggest demon?" and he asked me, "Why is love the biggest demon?" <laughs> My answer to him is because I believe the distortion of love to be the truth, and of course, what I what I mean by that is that un unco- that conditional love, sorry, is the truth, and mm. it's not. When I believe that, because that conditional love is what gives level five its strength. So when that happens, when we have that awareness that our free will is compromised then our freedom is completely lost
3: Mm. for example
2: i can grab the four agreements not to don't take things personal always do your best be impeccable with the world Mm. and don't make assumptions i can even bring in the fifth one be skeptical but learn to listen
3: Mm. but if i'm
2: so attached to my domestication and if i'm so attached to my conditional love then i've just i can easily turn the east four five agreements into the five conditions of my personal freedom if i if i i grab don 't don 't take things personal and I judge myself for uh, taking things personal that i've i 've grabbed these agreements and turned them into the conditions of my own self acceptance completely distorting this knowledge. Mm. You can even say this is an example of how we can distort a message of love and truth into something of conditional and conditional love and hatred and even bigotry. Yeah. And we, if we can do that with the Four Agreements, we can totally understand how we've done that with all the beautiful traditions of the world, from the Bible to the Quran to the Old Testament to the most beautiful concepts of Buddha to the most beautiful concepts that we've ever, ever created, especially love, that we can totally see how the wars we have between humans is a battle of who is right and who is wrong instead of actually listening to the messages of love that they give.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: From that point of view, freedom really relies on being aware that my yes means something and that my no means something because with my yes, I can manifest. With my no, I can stop my energy from creating.
3: Yeah.
2: At the very root of it, there is me life. This life that I am is the truth. Everything else is an agreement.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: live and I will die And I I live and I die the whole cycle of life between one and zero. Manifestation, the unmanifest, is the truth, and everything else is an agreement. If we look for truth in the form of life through knowledge, then we can accept the truth regardless of whether we agree with it or not, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong. But when we're talking through knowledge, when we're looking through truth through knowledge, we have to also remember that it's subject to an agreement, a whole condition, a whole civilization, a whole group of people, or maybe just down to the individual. It's our choice to say I, I believe in it or I don't believe in it. You can say that for the longest time the world was flat, and the people who experienced it in those times it was the truth until we you know it, uh, Columbus sailed the seas or the, the Vikings sailed the seas. Or you can simply put it to rest when we send a spaceship up to space and they send us back a picture of our round planet and all of a sudden all the debate was over. It's definitely a, a circle, maybe an oval shape. But the thing about it is that the truth exists whether I believe in it or not. I love and that. And, uh, and that's the thing yeah. about freedom.
1: I love this conversation because what it does is it give pe- it gives people opportunity. You know, I was sitting here thinking about what we were just talking about about Columbus, and I recalled the minute that that uh, I, I recalled two things. Um, one, I, I recalled the day that I found out. You know, being brought up Catholic, right? I recall the day that I found out that it was it was okay to eat eat meat on Friday after years uh-huh. of not.
2: Yeah, I I, 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 I grew up Catholic too. Yeah,
1: right. Remember that, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all
1: of those Hail Marys and Our Fathers that you did because you ate the meat. Uh, (laughs) And I remember about that, and I also remember feeling betrayed about that. It was really interesting. Um, Uh I've gotten over that since. And then the the other things are some of the things we believe in. For example, you know, I remember uh, getting my astrology chart done and talking okay. about Pluto, then I then I found out, oh, somebody decided Pluto wasn't a planet anymore. Uh-huh. So how do we deal with these changes in our lives? How, how, what is it that will help us enter that world of creation? Because you're, this book is so, so very important right now that uh-huh. our creative force and energies are being blocked by whatever we're carrying in terms of resentment, and expectations and attachments and well,
2: those, those things alone those three things we just talked about yeah. are basically what what block our energy alone yeah and they'll they'll remain truth for as long as we uh, say yes to that
1: okay well so, we're going to take a short break and when we come back boy i'll tell you who doesn't want to be free let's take a short break the book is the five levels of attachment don miguel ruiz jr joining me here today we'll be right back with the show We are giving birth today. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to ask that you submit a short story to make a difference in someone's life, someone that you care about, someone who could benefit from the care that Wellness One provides. And for that person, Wellness One is going to donate their services, not just to one person, but to several people over time. This decision will be based on the heartfelt sharing of what you write, on what you say that that individual needs. They won't be sharing this story with with anyone it will be completely confidential dr. Thane I would love for you to let folks know the best way to submit their story
0: Go ahead and send it to my email. It's going to be Dr. Thane's is Tom H A I N is Nancy at Wellness One. That's W E L L N E S S O N E dot net. Tune in to Intuit University. Compassionate guidance, connecting you to your inner wisdom with internationally renowned psychic and medium, Sherry Dillard. Each Thursday at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. Get ready for an hour of practical spirituality, fun, and a magic carpet ride into the spirit realm. This hit show is a combination of call-in readings and intuitive mentoring as sherry supports inspires and empowers you to create your highest good in relationships career finances life purpose spirituality and more for more information visit sherrydiller.com how would you like increased health and vitality how would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process this is all possible through a simple safe and natural process La 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 la
1: Welcome back. I want to welcome you back to the Dr. Pat show. This is talk radio to thrive by what a great chat. I get to have here with Don Miguel jr. Um, For those of you that uh, are wondering, yes, yes, uh, Don Miguel Jr. and Don Miguel Sr. will be coming to the greater Seattle area. They'll be giving a an amazing talk and work uh, workshop uh, um, at the Center for Spiritual Living. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, go to spiritualliving.org, and you'll be able to check out the details of it. Um, we're thrilled to be having him, uh, both of them, back in town. It'll be great to see you guys again. Um, and, you know, what's the best way to find out um, about you and, and this book, uh, The Five Levels of Attachment? You want to give us your website so folks can go ahead and find out about what you're up to, Don Miguel?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, my personal website is uh, www.miguelruizjunior.com, and then my dad's is uh, miguelruiz.com, and we both basically have, you know, present what the family is doing, and uh, that's from there, you can totally find what where we're, we're gonna be. Like, uh, like this week, I'll be in in uh, Cameron Park. Next week, I'll be in Seattle, and then after that, I'm gonna be in New York City. Oh, great. But yeah, that's gonna be fun, you know. But uh, in regards to the book, you can find it in the Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and your your local independent bookstore. And it's cool, you know. It's, it's it's the coolest thing to you know you work on it for such a long time, and then. You go into a store and I, and I see it and I'm like wow that is that is yes. the coolest feeling you know it's it, <laughs> you know like I I it to me it felt wonderful to be a part not just of my family's tradition but be a part of you know standing on the shoulders of giants yes. and it and and from there I'm working towards being the shoulder of my, the next generation I just, you know we, we continue to grow and expand and inspiration is just the most beautiful thing because it allows us to create even more. And it's the most beautiful thing to see it. So, creativity, imagination—at the root of it, there's passion. Mm. Someone asked me yesterday, "What's the purpose? uh, What's uh, living life with purpose?" And my answer is: is this living my life with purpose is to engage the passions in my life and to create something awesome with them—from raising my kids to enjoying the relationships with the people I love and doing what I love to do. To me. That's living with purpose, to enjoy life. To me, the whole point of all this work is to enjoy it. I used to think it was about a metaphysical journey that will take you to the expansion of the mind consciousness. But what's the point of that if I'm not enjoying the relationships with the people I love?
1: Well, I mean, this is something I think we're finding over and over and over again. You know, when you ask people uh, as they are on taking their last breath. You know what? It what would you do differently in your life? What would you What would you say differently? You know, people say I would have loved more. You know, yeah. I would have, and you hear this over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it don't you think, uh, Don Miguel? It's our attachment to the things okay. in the outside world that get yeah. in the way from us truly experiencing that unconditional love you talked about earlier. Yeah,
2: I, I would say yes because when we're and uh, when we get attached. To things outside our body, and that includes our thoughts, because our thoughts right. exist because we we say them. And it's something really hard to see. Yeah, they, when we get it, we get so attached that we begin to be blinded by them. We can even begin to distort those things we detach we, we can be like uh, this. Uh, we, we can say that it could be a very beautiful movement that I'm, I'm engaging. And as I attach myself so much, I can even begin to distort that. I can even begin to distort the world outside. If I really wanted to, I can totally distort uh, a beautiful message. I can even distort the music of the Beatles, like Charles Manson did. I can, I can distort the, the, everything to fit what I wanted. And at that point, the essence of the love is gone. Mm. But the most beautiful thing about it is that when I become aware of my attachment and I make the choice of letting go of that, because that's the thing about how do we detach Two things. One, I become aware and then saying with a complete awareness I don't want to let I don't want to stay here. Or if I do want to stay here, that's an expression of what I want. But if I don't want to, letting go is the easiest thing because I'm expressing my beautiful intent. When we do that, we begin to let go of the the distortion and we can even let knowledge be the clean reflection of life that it is. You see knowledge, when when we're so attached to it, becomes the tyrant. It becomes the parasite, the judge and the victim. But when we let go of it, then it becomes the ally. It becomes the instrument that allows us to function in the world. You know, you can even say the same thing with fear. The function of fear is to keep us safe. Mm. When we are really in a threat in front of us, our fear is going to allow us to fight, flight, freeze, or... End it, you know, basically give in. Yes. Because it'll keep us alive. That's the main job of it. We, it, could, it produces this uh, hormone in us, a chemical reaction that allows us to tolerate a certain amount of pain. But when we don't have something that's threatening us, but we still have this irrational fear, it's the equivalent of abusing it the way we abuse alcohol and drugs. All of a sudden, we are abusing fear. And that fear stopping us completely from living life completely. Mm. But if we let go of the attachment to fear to stop abusing it, all of a sudden we, we can recognize the job that fear does for us, and that's to keep us safe. And we realize that we've been abusing fear all this time. We can let fear do its job. When we're at an act, in an actual threatening position, it'll do its job. Mm. But if we're continuously pressing it with it, Dangers that only exist in our mind, or the attachment that fear produces in our body, then when we're really in danger, we won't know the difference between when we're when we are and when we're not.
1: Exactly, because the
2: whole moment we've been abusing it.
1: Exactly, even, exactly. So in that moment,
2: exactly, in that, in that moment, even fear, politics, religion, anything that we distorted with our own self-attachment, become clean again. Mm. And when we choose to engage it, we have the ability to scrutinize it. We have the ability to change our mind. You can go into Congress and all of a sudden, if we're not so attached, we can actually listen to one another. And if we listen to one another, we can actually make agreements and laws that actually make sense.
1: I love it. I am so thrilled you're going to be coming. For folks, go ahead and check it out at spiritualliving.org. Uh, five Levels of Attachment, in evening with Don Miguel. Junior Don Miguel, senior, Saturday, March 16th, seventh to 9. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to see you again. Thank you. Thank
2: you so much, Dr. Pat. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
1: Anytime, anytime. Let's take a short break, folks. We'll be right back. Host your own show. Let us help you bring your voice to the world. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world stay tuned transformation talk radio starts at the top of every hour